Good morning, everyone. Shall we pray before we start? Heavenly Father, open our ears that we may hear, open our hearts that we may receive, and open our lives that we may respond to what you have to say to us today, through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Well, our passage today is all about a gift, and it's about the greatest gift in the world. I wonder if you have any idea of the greatest gifts that have been given from one person to another. Let's look at a few. The first gift was brought by a man called Edward McLean for his bride-to-be. It's called the Star of the East. And it's a 95-carat pear-shaped diamond mounted on a chain with an emerald of 34 carats and a pearl of 32 grains. I wonder if you can guess how much this cost. $11.9 million. The second is a yacht. A man called Anil Ambani bought this boat as a present for his wife, Tina. And the yacht cost $84 million and was given the name Tian using the first two letters of their name, Tina and Anil. The third is a bronze sculpture. It's called Walking Man One. And it was bought by Roman Abramovich, he of oligarch fame. And apparently it's the most expensive sculpture ever to be sold at auction. And it cost $104.3 million. Can you imagine it? It was given by Roman Abramovich to his girlfriend to show his love for her. And the fourth gift, and easily the most expensive in history, is the Kohinoor diamond. Raja Singh, the Maharaja of Punjab, presented the queen with this diamond as an expression of respect. And it's the largest diamond in the world. Very hard to value. But it's now part of the queen's crown, which is reckoned to be worth somewhere between 10 and 13 billion pounds. Amazing gifts. But you know something, they all pale into insignificance compared to the gift in our passage today. The greatest gift we can be given is not jewellery or expensive artwork or yachts. It's something worth far more. And of course, if an amazing gift is on offer today, then how should we respond when that gift is offered out to us? Let's have a closer look at John chapter 5 to find out. And our first point today is this, recognize the gift. And the gift in our passage today is mentioned in the heart of our passage. And it's the gift of eternal life. We've studied this, haven't we, over the last few weeks in our short sermon series. And Jesus reminds us in verse 21 of this amazing offer. For just as the Father raises the dead and gives them life, even so the Son gives life to whom he is pleased to give it. So he's speaking about himself as the Son of God, and he's offering out life, eternal life, to whomever he chooses. Now I think most people would agree that the gift of eternal life is of far greater value than jewels or yachts or sculptures. Eternal life solves one of the greatest problems that we all have to face, the certainty of death. 
Death seems such a limiter to us as human beings, doesn't it? Feels like a great enemy that we face, and there's no escaping us. No escaping it. It's going to come and find us all at some point. Doesn't matter how rich we are, how healthy we try to be, what beauty treatments we have, it's going to come and seek us out in the end. You know, a teacher I once knew had a great phrase that I've always remembered. Three simple words, recognize the inevitable. We may try not to think about it, we try to avoid it, but we know it's going to come to us all in the end. And so it's no wonder that in many stories and films over the years, people have sought out the Holy Grail or the elixir of life or whatever else we might try to call it to try to stop the inevitable coming for us all. And in our passage today, we're reminded there's only one way to find this great gift, only one way to find life that will last forever. It's a gift which is given to us. It's that simple at one level. A gift given by Jesus. The Son gives life to whomever he is pleased to give it. Now, who is he that he's able to give such a remarkable gift? Well, the surrounding verses in chapter 5 remind us of who Jesus is. In verse 18, just before our passage, Jesus has equated himself with God the Father. And in fact, John tells us the Jews were furious at him because he was trying to make himself equal with God. In verses 19 to 23, Jesus goes further. He mentions three facts that demonstrate that he is one with God. Verse 19, the son's actions and the father's actions are one. The son can do nothing by himself. He can only do what he sees his father doing. Then verse 20, we see just how close the relationship is between the father and the son. The father loves the son and shows him all he does. And then in verse 22, the father has entrusted all judgment to the son. All of these statements make it clear. Jesus is no ordinary man. He is the son of God. He is equal with God. And therefore, he has the power to defeat death and give this remarkable gift of eternal life, which is of greater value than anything else we could ever receive. And so our first point today is simply this, recognize the gift. Jewelry, yachts, money, possessions, they may have their place, but when the inevitable comes along and death comes our way, they're going to mean absolutely nothing. No value of any kind. You see, there is a greater gift, and we need to recognize this remarkable gift that is offered out to us. We need to recognize the unparalleled value that it offers. But how should we respond when we recognize that this gift is possible? And our second point is this, then let's receive the gift. It's one thing to know that the gift is there, quite another to take it. So how can we take hold of this amazing gift which is offered out to us? And this brings us to a very powerful and a very encouraging truth. In verse 21, Jesus says, I tell you the truth, whoever hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life and will not be condemned. You don't have to earn this gift. 
We don't have to go on some great quest to find it. All we need is two things, to hear God's word and believe him who sent Jesus. Now, there may be some of us here today who wonder, how can I find eternal life? What great journey do I have to go on to find it? And the great news is, it's right here. It's right in front of you. It's here for the taking. All you need to do is hear God's word and believe him. In other words, the gift is offered out to us. All we need to do is receive it. But you know, sometimes we're not very good at this. We're not always good at hearing, are we? Not always very good at believing. Apparently, Franklin de Roosevelt had a great technique for dealing with people whom he suspected were not listening to him. He would casually slip into the conversation, I murdered my grandmother this morning. When he got no reaction, he'd know that they hadn't heard a word of what he was saying. You see, sometimes we hear these words physically, but the meaning never sinks in. And the danger is that we block our ears to the greatest offer the world has ever known. And believing has its challenges as well. We may successfully hear the truth. We may even understand that there's this offer of eternal life. It's another thing to believe in the Father and the Son in terms of receiving everything they have to offer. And that word believe, it's not just an intellectual belief. It's also an emotional and a relational thing. It's about receiving from God all that he longs to offer us. And it may be that you're considering all this for the first time today. Well, the offer is here. Jesus stretches out his hands and he offers this to you today. The offer of eternal life is there for all of us. Now, for those of us who've been Christians a while, there is a real issue with a verse like this. Because you see, we read it and we say to ourselves, well, a great gospel verse, a wonderful truth. It doesn't really apply much to me. I heard and I believed a long time ago, and so we switch off. Been there, done that, job done. And by taking that perspective, we miss a very important point. This verse does not only apply when we first came to know Christ, it applies now. Hearing what God might wish to say to us and receiving from him day by day is a key part of experiencing eternal life. And so we need to let his words sink into our lives. We need to receive all that he has to give to us on a daily basis. It's a key part of the Christian life. And it is so easy, isn't it? And believe me, I know, to get caught up with the rush and tear of contemporary life and forget to listen to what God has to teach us and to receive all that he has to offer. We need a faith that is current, a faith that is live, a faith that, faith that exists in the here and now, not just a faith that rests on the past tense alone. So it's good for us to consider today, when was the last time we heard what God was saying to us? We actually listened to his voice. Maybe on a Sunday, week by week, maybe in our own time, reading from scripture and so on. 
When was the last time we responded to what God might be saying to us today and how it might change our own life? So, we know this great gift of eternal life is offered. We know how to find it. But why is it so wonderful? Why should we be rejoicing in such a gift? Well, let's focus on this gift a little more closely in verses 24 to 30 and rejoice in what it means for us. Firstly, let's note in verse 24, whoever hears and believes has eternal life. Not will have one day in the future, but has at this moment in the here and now. Eternal life doesn't start when we die. It starts when we hear and believe. So for many of us, we are living eternal life right now. Now, it may not seem like that sometimes. Many of you will know I'm a university lecturer, and I'm at that time in the year when I'm in marking mode. Most lecturers hate marking. It's an important job, it has to be done, but wading through script after script can seem very tedious. You see, even though we may struggle with aspects of our current life, we're in the now and not yet period, aren't we, in this current life, let's remind ourselves that our eternal life has already begun. We have this wonderful relationship with God. We can hear from him daily. We have the opportunity to taste and receive all the good things that he brings to us. Our journey of eternal life is already underway. It's begun, and there is so much to rejoice in. Secondly, as we receive eternal life, verse 24, we know that we are not condemned, and we have crossed over from death to life. No judgment against us. Our sins are forgiven. Our slate is clean. We've crossed over from a state of death to a state of life. Do you remember some of the recent images from Ukraine on the TV news? I forget which city it was in, but there were powerful images of a bridge that had been blown up. And the only way across was a makeshift bridge made out of old pieces of wood. Any of you remember that from the television? Many Ukrainians, especially the elderly, crossed over. Behind them lay suffering and death. Ahead of them, safety and life. It's a great image, isn't it, that we have here before us. When we hear and believe, we know that we have crossed from death to life. A lovely truth. And then thirdly, in verses 25 to 30, we're reminded about the future perspective of eternal life. We've already said that eternal life starts in the here and now, when we hear and believe, but we know it's going to be even greater, even more wonderful in the future when we move on from this world to the world beyond. Verse 25, the dead will hear the voice of the Son of God and those who hear will live. Note the future tense. Then verse 28, a time is coming, future tense, when all who are in their graves will hear his voice and come out. The best is yet to come. Eternal life in the world to come will be life in all its fullness, untainted by sin and suffering and pain. We know that life, eternal life, will be life as it is fully meant to be. Life even now is amazing, isn't it? It's very complex. 
There's a physical aspect, an emotional aspect, an intellectual aspect, a relational aspect, all these different aspects of life, but the life to come will be far more wonderful. The wonderful spiritual relationship that we're going to have with Christ one day. And of course, heaven and the life to come will have a physical aspect to it as well. We see this as the dead are raised to life. We know from other parts of scripture there will be a new heavens and a new earth. We know that we will have new resurrection bodies. Just imagine living life as it truly is meant to be without all the suffering and the pain and the difficulties we face. It's a great promise, isn't it? Fantastic gift that starts now and lasts for all eternity. Verse 29 highlights this promise once again. Those who have done good will rise to live, and those who have done evil will rise to be condemned. Does that mean that we find life because of the good deeds that we do? Well, of course not. We need to see this verse in the context of our earlier verse. It's whoever hears and believes who has eternal life. We are reminded here that when we hear and believe, not just in the past, but in the here and now, it makes a difference to our lives. Eternal life in the present should result in a changed and a changing life. And our changed lives demonstrate that we have life both now and forevermore. So as we close today, let's be encouraged to hear and believe in the Father and the Son. For some of us, this may be for the first time. For many of us, it might be part of our ongoing experience of eternal life. But let's rejoice in it. Let's trust in the wonder of all that it means for us. Let's allow this truth to gladden our hearts as we look ahead to the future. You know, I often think the whole of creation points to the truth of resurrection and eternal life. Every time the sun goes down and then rises in the morning, it reminds us of a new day dawning. Every time winter disappears and spring returns, it reminds us that death no longer reigns and life has returned again. It's built into the whole fabric of creation and the world around us. And so as we come to the end of our short sermon series today, let's take hold of this wonderful eternal life. Let's recognize what a great gift it is. Let's receive all that it has to offer. Let's rejoice that one day we will enjoy it in all its great fullness. Well, may God help us to hear and believe and taste this eternal life that he offers out to us. Amen.